We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs, along with us is TJ Inman. And today we take a look back at Indiana's 51-10 loss to Ohio State. And then we'll look forward to Indiana's next matchup against UConn coming up on Saturday at noon. Uh, But before we do that, a word from our friends over at MyBookie. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why uh, why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Let's face it, when you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't be telling you guys uh, to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR, that's promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Uh, so now we bring in TJ Inman. Uh, TJ, uh, happy Monday to you. Uh, how are you doing? Yeah, doing well. Uh, certainly not the... Not the game we were hoping for Saturday. I don't think that the result was surprising, but, uh, you know, Ohio State uh, overwhelmed Indiana. It was never a contest. And um, I, I I think that what it showed us more than anything is that IU's offense really, really needs Michael Penix. Yeah, um, that's exactly right. Uh, let's Let's dive into that Ohio State game first. You know, one of the things I noticed was just how quick the the Indiana faithful, um, and I'll use that term loosely, uh, was to to jump off the bandwagon and and go into full panic mode and kind of seem to forget that Ohio State was the number six team in the country. They have an all-world quarterback in Justin Fields, who's a five-star kid coming out of high school, uh, who didn't really play that much at at UConn. You have J.K. Dobbins, or at Georgia. Uh, You have J.K. Dobbins, who is the first Ohio State freshman, uh, you know, first Ohio State running back to run for 1,000 yards during his freshman and sophomore campaign. And he's on his way to do it again this year, and he'll probably be playing on Sundays next year. Uh, they have yeah. Chase Young, who basically looked like he was picking up defense alignment and and using them to, to swat other guys as like weapons. The defense is legit. 
The special teams are legit. The wide receivers are legit. I, uh, you know, it was like, hey, guys, yeah, IU did not play well, and they did not play well at all. But the other guys on the other side were pretty darn good. Uh, and, you know, you, you saw it, it's a game where, you, you know, you hate to call it a meaningless loss uh, or a meaningless game, but, you know, it, that's what it was. It was, you know, a loss to um, the number six team in the country. Uh, now, IU needed to the, – the way IU lost, I think, is the reason why fans are a little bit are, – are very upset. You know, you came out – there's a penalty on the first drive. Ohio State comes down, dominates. Yeah, they missed the field goal. Um, but, you know, you're missing Michael Penix, Peyton Ramsey's first six plays go for negative seven yards. All of a sudden, people turn on Kalen DeBoer and don't realize, hey, there's a reason the offense last year looked like the offense it did. It was because you had Peyton Ramsey running it. And, you know, it, you're limited into what you could call. And so, you know, I don't think people, I don't know if they don't understand it or didn't realize it or just their passion takes over and they don't think about it. But you got to realize the reason that the, the four play, you know, four of the six plays were passes behind the line of scrimmage because that's where they could throw it with Peyton Ramsey. You know, they took several shots downfield. They weren't even close. Uh, you know, people were being kind, saying that, you know, they were a step or two away on some of these deep balls. They're not even close. That's why they don't get the pass interference penalties um, and things like that. It's because that ball's not even close to the receiver. You know, it, the the pick six, Bjorson was wide open uh, before that. He held onto the ball too long, floated it out there, and Damon Arnett came by, raced 96 yards, uh, you know, for a touchdown things like that. Ball didn't get to guys in space and time. And, look, I like Peyton Ramsey as as a person. I, I think he's a stand-up guy, and I think he, he's a guy you want in your foxhole. But it's clear as day why Michael Penix won this job coming out of camp, and it stinks that he wasn't able to play. But, you know, hopefully he gets whatever's ailing him correct. Uh, and they might, they probably don't need him this week, but you'll need him the rest of the season because IU's offense cannot survive uh, with Peyton Ramsey uh, behind an offensive line who who got exposed on Saturday. And yeah, they got exposed by a pretty darn good defensive line. But you know, we'll see that the defense again missed tackles came up. They dropped a, a few chances as a takeaway. They just lacked that edge and that toughness, I think, up front. I thought DeMarcus Elliott played really well, uh, and Michael Ziemba played pretty well. But outside of that, they need somebody to step up and be a leader. Uh, they need somebody in that room who on Saturdays could get in somebody's face and say, let's go, guys. Let's pick this up and let's hit somebody and put somebody on the ground because that was not the defensive performance that I thought. I You know, we both gave projections that IU would lose by, you know, two or three scores. And while that was with Michael Penix, at quarterback, we didn't think that Ohio State would just do what they did at will. And that was a disappointing part. And then you had special teams. Um, 
for the most part, was pretty good. Your kickoff team was good. Your coverage team was good. Logan Justice was good in his two attempts. But it's like Hayden Whitehead forgot how to punt the ball. Once he had that pump blocked, uh, and, and I think you saw it coming. Uh, the pump before that was a short rugby-style kick. You saw it coming. They went back to rolling him out to the left, and and a guy just got blocked. Uh, went unblocked, blocked the kick, and, and I was very fortunate that ball did not stay in the end zone for a touchdown, and it spun out of bounds. But the rest of the game is like Ohio State was living rent-free in, in Hayden Whitehead's um, in his head, he had a 12-yard punt, and it was like, let's, you know, we got to be a little bit mentally tougher than this. And, but you know, we'll see. It's a game that Tom Allen today said you can't turn this loss into two losses. You cannot let this, you cannot let this loss define the season. It, it, it's that it's exactly what it was. It was a butt kicking from Ohio State. It happens. It's going to happen to everybody. I think Ohio State is is probably a playoff team, um, or at least should be in the discussion uh, if they run the table in the Big Ten. But it's it's a loss. You now now just you got to go out, flush it, and, and get on to UConn. Anything to add, TJ? I would I would say that I I was I have to give credit to Ohio State. They are uh, better than I thought they were. Uh, I think that the offense that they are running this year, which features J.K. Dobbins and Master Teague, uh, it's a very good backup running back. It features those two guys more than Urban Meyer's offense did. Uh, I think that that plays to their benefit. Um, I, I think that the Buckeyes, their receivers, look, they, they catch everything. I mean, they're they're quick and they're they're big, but what stood out was that they catch everything. Um, and Justin Fields is more accurate than I thought he was going to be, uh, so credit to him. Um, and then defensively, uh, it was apparent that they did not respect Indiana's vertical passing game, which why should they without Penix out there? Uh, they crowded the box and made it impossible for IU's offense to execute anything, and um, that, that's the exact game plan that I would have against Peyton Ramsey as well. Uh, you know, what what stands out, and we experienced this all last year, and this is not uh, to take a shot at Peyton Ramsey, um, but, you know, announcers or uh, commentators or analysts, they all say the same things about Peyton Ramsey if it's all intangible. It's all, oh, great leader, uh, you know, a guy you'd want your daughter to – you know, to bring home to your daughter, uh, such a good team guy. I have no reason to doubt that that's the case. But nobody ever talks about his arm, and there's a reason for that. Uh, and it, it shows up against good teams like Ohio State. Um, so I'll be interested to see, one, if Michael Penix can give it a go against UConn. Two, if he cannot, uh, how Indiana's offense adjusts and responds to their reality without Penix. Uh, hopefully, Michael Penix can give it a go. We will see. Uh, it's likely to be another game-time decision, I would imagine. Uh, and we'll see on and Saturday against see. UConn, certainly a, a different, uh, different caliber of opponent than the Buckeyes. But uh, and then I'll also be interested to see 
number one, just overall, how does the team bounce back from that uh, very public uh, beating that they took? How does the team bounce back? You know, we talked about it going into the game. We'll talk about it out of the game. Uh, You can't let that turn into two defeats. You have to come out responding at UConn and get the three and one. Um, The UConn game is is one that you cannot lose, and we'll talk about them here next. But uh, I will say that if Ohio State plays the way that they did against Indiana, there is not a team in the Big Ten that's going to beat them. No, there's not, especially after a a really – I would call it a wild weekend in the Big Ten um, where teams that they just did not look – the conference to hold did not look great. Uh, question, uh, TJ, that, you know, I've been thinking about is, you know, being a Yankee fan this year, it seems like everybody gets hurt, and then when they get hurt, it's always the worst-case scenario. Uh, sure. If if Penix cannot go this week, you start Jack Tuttle. I I would. I don't think Indiana will, but I would. You know, it, it's it's to the point where you got to you got to see what he could do with the reins off a little bit. Um, you know, he's played in garbage time uh, the last two games. You know what you have in Peyton Ramsey, uh, and do you feel comfortable enough against a team like UConn to give him a shot? See what you have, just in case it's a worst-case scenario with Michael Penix uh, because right. you cannot survive with Peyton Ramsey against Michigan State, against Penn State, probably against I – don't, I don't think you – I don't think you, you win more than four games with Peyton Ramsey as you start a quarterback. Um, that, that's and that's the concern. Is, what, what, is your, what is your ceiling? If, and look, we have no reason to believe this is the case, but – if no, this is, Michael Penix, this is me as a paranoid Yankee fan who, exactly, God forbid, exactly. somebody walks down to first base, it's because they're hurt, and everybody's been hurt this year. Uh, but it's the yeah, if, worst if case Penix scenario. Is out for the season, what is your ceiling? Because I was going to say four games as well, and it sounds like you agree with that. Because I, I don't, I mean, I don't think we beat with, Maryland. I don't think we beat Northwestern. I don't think we beat Purdue. Uh, unless Purdue's without their starting quarterback as well, because they looked a mess without Sindelar. So, uh, you know, I, I think maybe that was a toss-up. But I think the ceiling is probably five. Um, I do not think a bowl game is possible without Penny. Oh Yeah, and, you know, people say, well, it's more, you know, there are more issues than just the quarterback, and there were. You know, the run yep, game has true. been non-existent. Run game has been non-existent, and that's very concerning. Uh, and that's something you 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 got to figure out. You can't you can't win. I don't think you win six games, even with Penix, without some semblance of a running game. You don't have to run for 200 yards a game, but yeah, it has to at least pick up four or five. You know, four and a half, four yards per carry. It was just atrocious on Saturday against Ohio State, and you know it's it's an issue. I don't know if you're pushing the panic button just yet. If you can't run the ball against UConn, you go ahead and push the panic button. Uh, but you know, through yep. the first 
three games, and one of them being Ohio State with an all-world defensive line, it's you're aware that it's not performing well, but it's kind of like your oil change light will get to it. Um, but when that check engine comes light, if you're not running against UConn, that check engine light's going to come on. Now you're concerned. Um, but yeah, we'll see what uh, what IU does. Coming up next week is the game against UConn. It's at noon at Memorial Stadium in Bloomington. IU all-time against UConn is 0-2, and two of the uglier games uh, in recent memory. I think it was a, a beatdown up in stores in 2002 at the 34-13 uh, to open their stadium up, and then a 14-7 to just mind-numbingly awful game in 2006 uh, in the rain in front of probably about 15 people, uh, that, that was just awful. So hopefully IU, uh, can bounce back. They're looking for their first ever win against UConn and, um, we'll see what they could do. UConn's coming in at one-on-one. They hung on to beat Wagner early in the season. They lost again at home against Illinois. Uh, they, uh, they're looking better, but they were god-awful last year. So we'll see what that does. They bring in um, an offense that could score early uh, in the half, uh, 17 first-quarter points, 21 third-quarter points. But outside of that, in the second and fourth quarters, they've scored nine points. Their defense is all right early. Uh, they don't really run the ball that well either. Uh, averaging 2.7 yards per carry. They're, they they played two quarterbacks. Mike Beaudry uh, started the opener against uh, Wagner. He went 14-21 uh, for 158 yards. Z- Jack Zergiotz, Zerg, Zerg, I don't even know how to spell it, Zerg, Zergiotis, uh, he was 21-31 with two picks uh, and 278 yards against Illinois. Uh, so we'll see what they could bring. Uh, they could bring to the table. I don't think it'll be all. I, I just I don't think I don't think UConn's all that good. You're you're higher on them uh, than me, TJ. So what are your thoughts on UConn? Well, I, yeah, I don't think they're that good either. Uh, but I do think they're better than they were last year. I do not think that their defense will be historically bad as it was a season ago. So. Uh, when I feel like they're better, I mean, I, we're talking, you know, the bar was just about as low as it can get. So uh, I don't think that they are, for instance, I don't think this is one of the five worst teams in FBS, which last year it was. Uh, so I, I I think that they are improved uh, strictly from a number of players getting experience uh, last year that now have a year under their belts but I, I do not think that's a good team. Uh, I do expect the, and again, I, I'll mispronounce his name as well, but Zach uh, Zergiatis, uh, I do expect that he will uh, be the quarterback for them. Uh, Beaudry was, uh, I believe he's questionable for this game, but uh, the other quarterback is a freshman from Canada, actually, uh, Montreal, I think. And I think he offers them a higher upside for the future. So I, I would 
be surprised if he's not the guy. They'll give him a chance. Uh, he did spark them a little bit against Illinois. They put up, uh, you know, a decent offensive showing in that game. But still, even saying that, it was under 300 yards, and Illinois turned around and got uh, uh, hit up for almost 500 yards against Eastern Michigan. So, um, hard to say if being competitive with Illinois is a feather in the cap or or not. But uh, I, I look, I think Indiana should be able to, uh, as you mentioned, run the ball well. Should be able to throw the ball well. Uh, but for me, a lot of this is going to hinge on um, who's quarterback for Indiana, and as a result, what's your game plan? And right now, we don't know the answer to that. Yeah, and offensively, those are the things that I want to see is can you run yep. the ball? Can you establish the run? Um, you should be able to beat this team with Peyton Ramsey, at quarterback. Can you get some of your big guys going like Nick Westbrook? Um, Ty Fry Fogel, can you get some of those guys ready to go uh, for the rest of the Big Ten season? You got a game against Michigan State the week after this one, uh, before an open week, uh, before an open week, and and then you get into the the meat of your Big Ten, se- yeah, Big Ten season. You, you get Rutgers, you you get some other guys. Um, Rutgers, Maryland, Nebraska, open week, Northwestern, your season could be defined pretty quickly uh, in those games as well. Uh, so you got to get things going. It, it's You're out of that first quarter of the season. Now you're entering the second quarter. you got to be hitting your stride uh, as you go into the second quarter of, of the season. So I'd like to see the defense play well. I don't think they'll pitch a shutout, but you got to do the little things well. Got to tackle. They got to get takeaways. Last year, I think they had 26 takeaways. This year, they only have two. That the, one of the reasons the defense kept them in games last year sometimes was because they got those takeaways, not because they were all that good at tackling and, and stopping the run and things like that. It was the takeaways. Now you're not getting the takeaways, and so your defense looks like it's, um, you know, sprung a leak a, a little bit more. And, you know, it, it's you, you see them coming on the field late and adjusting late, and, and you, you got to – they're fixable issues. That's the thing. It's not like, you know, these guys, they're running the wrong way or it's like little giants, but – there are things that need to be fixed that are fixable, and you got to fix them this week. Because if you don't fix them this week, when are you going to fix them? It's you know, you're going up to a very angry Michigan State team uh, the following week. You're going to get a Rutgers team who's probably going through their death throws and might give you that game that you go, wow, they won that game last year uh, in the middle of firing a coach. So it's a sneaky, important game. You know, a lot of people don't, you know, it doesn't excite them. um, But it's a sneaky, important game for IU to to beat UConn here. It'll wash away the bad taste from last week a little bit, and you head up to East Lansing with some momentum. Defensively, what are your major concerns, TJ? Well, 
uh, defensively, number one, the tackling. Number two, the lack of takeaways. Uh, number three is kind of the, the absence of a playmaker. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of guys that we felt like could be that player. Um, you know, I mean, at safety, you've got Brian Fitzgerald um, has not been him. Um, he has not been bad, but hasn't really stood out in any meaningful way yet. Um, Marcelino Ball has been – he was poor in the opener, and he's been largely invisible since. Um, uh, linebacker, you know, Raekwon Jones, I think, has had a uh, solid season so far, but um, you know, nobody has stepped forward as a real playmaker there at linebacker. And then at, at defensive line, you know, we've seen some flashes from guys, but there has not been one consistent uh, playmaker at defensive line either. So, um, uh, you know, we need to have have a couple of playmakers step up here against UConn. Um, those things all kind of go hand in hand, but uh, those are the big, big things that I'll be looking for on, on Saturday on the defensive side of the ball. I think the most consistent defender has been Demarcus Elliott the last two weeks. I that's, think he's yeah, had about fair. three or four tackles for a loss, uh, two, two or two, two and a half sacks, however you want to count them. Uh, and he's a high motor guy. And and one of the things that I think impressed people last week about him was that when he got his sack, Indiana was getting its butt kicked, and he just, you know, he gave his teammate a high five. Let's go line it up and and do it again. Uh, there was no flash uh, or things like that. It was, hey, we made a play. Let's go back and make another one. So I think DeMarcus Elliott is becoming a, a key uh, and, and maybe has a chance to become a fan favorite as well on the defensive line. But uh, as you said, TJ, the, the keys on defensive tackling, takeaways, uh, and, I th- and leadership. Uh, you said playmaking. I think there needs to be a leader needs to come out of this. We mentioned Marcelino Ball. It's something, you know, it was like the last two games, my first question after the game to, to you guys on the thread was, did Marcelino even play? Um, yeah. He has been lar- largely invisible, and he was a guy that I think everybody counted on, and he didn't come on until late last year, but everybody's been counting on this guy to to be great especially after that All-American freshman year, and he hasn't lived up to those standards. Uh, it's weird. I don't know what's going on uh, with him, but he needs to step up and, and you know make some plays, be the leader of this defense. He's your, your senior playmaker. Somebody needs to get in these guys' faces and say, hey, let's go make a play. This is we're getting embarrassed here. Let's go make a play. Uh, and I don't think any of these young guys have that yet. And it's up to to your older guys, Raekwon Jones, Marcelino Ball, Andre Brown. These guys have to make plays. And, and another side note on the defense is, yeah, Reese Taylor got burnt on a play there, and. Are we really going to waste Reese Taylor on defense? Yep. I mean, it's, you know, he's not returning punts. He's not returning kicks. David Ellis has done a great job returning kicks. And you've seen Reese Taylor, you know, they wasted him last year. He's a guy who's, 
maybe what number three a corner. You think he'd be able to do something on offense. T1 Mullen looks like he deserves quite a bit more playing time. I I would be surprised if Mullen uh, is not in the starting lineup sooner rather than later. So. Yeah, I thought Taiwan Mullen played played very well against yeah. Ohio State for a guy who's a, a true freshman in his third game, going against um, Ohio State. Looked like he he yep. belonged in coverage. Uh, he needs to obviously put on some bulk, um, you know, to to make stops on on running backs and things like that. But you know, it seemed every time that there was a, a pass breakup, he was nearby. And, and another thing. On on defenses, they they got to get the calls in faster on defense. Maybe it's just let these guys play because it looks like they're sure. they're running through mud and things like that. So we'll see. Uh, TJ keys uh, keys to the game this week. I mean, I we talked about a lot of this, you know, already. What we're looking for it. It's an attitude game for Indiana. Uh, really, a game where they need to show us that. Uh, you know, that they're in this fight together, that they are ready to bounce back. Um, you know, a lot of talk about prize fighters. It's time for Indiana to go uh, go throw a punch here, metaphorically, obviously. Um, and and I would hope to see, look, they're not going to beat UConn the way they, de- the way they did Eastern Illinois, but uh, I want to see that type of emphatic performance on Saturday to make me feel better about going to Michigan State a team that is gettable. I know it's very tough to win there, but they are gettable because their offense still stinks. Uh, their defense is great, but their offense is still not good. That's a gettable game. It really is. And uh, But for Indiana to feel somewhat confident about going there, they have to play well Saturday. So I'm looking for, number one, the running game. That's what I want to see Indiana crank up. Uh, like you said, if you can't do it against UConn, uh, if you cannot establish that run against UConn with Stevie Scott, Ronnie Walker, Cole Guest, Samson James, whoever, uh, if you can't establish it, then uh, it's a huge red flag for the rest of this season. Yeah, it definitely is. It's an, as you said, I like that term. It's an attitude game. Uh, and this is a game, if, if IU wins 28-7 but runs for 300 yards, I think I'm okay yeah. with that. Um, oh, I'm good with that. Yep. Yeah, especially if Peyton Ramsey plays a, a quarterback. I think I think you're okay with that um, going down like that. Of course, you'd like yeah, – it's it's not a sexy game to hand the ball off 40 times and, and do that, but um, it's an attitude game. I'd like to see the, the defense uh, play – team needs to play angry, and it, it – yep. it, Started to play angry last year against Michigan. Now I don't know what happened against Purdue, but this team needs to, and it's something that I talked all off season about, and I think put in on my things prior to fall camp. You got to play with a sense of urgency. It's not. This is not. Oh hey, our, our bigger games are coming up. Um, they preach week to week. The biggest game is this week. Well, the biggest game is is this week. You, you got to take on UConn. You got to play angry. Um, you, you know, you, you got to play with a sense of urgency. It, it's you don't know that you're going to be going in uh, late in the season with a chance to go to a bowl game, especially if you can't get this one. 
You need a sense of urgency. You got to come out, be aggressive, make some plays, make some tackles, things like that. You got to play pissed off. You just got wiped out at home by Ohio State, which, look, it is not a big deal in the grand scheme of things. But if you're a player and a coach and you're okay with this, you're playing the wrong sport. You got to come out angry um, and take no prisoners on Saturday. This is uh, you, you got to show that that in the Big Ten you're going to play knock knock your snot out football. And if I'm an offensive lineman at Indiana, hey, that it's a direct challenge to me. We ran, I, th- I think it was like 1.3 yards per carry against Ohio State. We haven't run the ball well all year we got to go out and, and perform because expectations are a lot higher than what they're doing. And maybe it was a good thing that IU got their butts whooped on Saturday because I think Peyton Hendershot said this after the game, maybe they thought they're better than they thought they were. And getting your, your butt whooped is a great way to humble yourselves and say, hey, we're not there yet, and we got to work. And we've got to bust our tail in practice and come out and play angry football the rest of the way. You know, everybody's talking about nine-win Indiana uh, with Penix and, and um, you know, Punt John Punt comes out with the, the Bill Connolly stuff. Well, they're expected to win six, seven, eight games or whatever, things like that. That's great. Uh, game's not played on paper. And, you know, that, that that's a great graphic that they put out. But games aren't played on paper. You can't take anything for granted. You got steamrolled last week. It's time to take a little self-pride. Maybe go steamroll UConn. Uh, so, you know, attitude. It, it's That's a – TJ, you came up with the perfect thing. It's an attitude game. Uh, just like Eastern Illinois was a uh, hey, prove-it-to-me game, this is an attitude game for the rest of the season. Uh, any more keys before we get into predictions, TJ? No, not for me. I think that covers it, and I'll, I'll roll into my prediction. I do think Indiana's going to play well. I do think that they're going to uh, have a chip on their shoulder heading into this one. And, uh, look, it, it might not be a, a meaningful statement around the Big Ten and certainly not around the country. That's okay. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that Indiana is able to reestablish who they are and who they want to be moving forward. Uh, and I think that they get that done on Saturday. I'm going to take the Hoosiers to win. Uh, I will go, and this is with Peyton Ramsey playing at quarterback primarily. I think we'll see Ramsey. I think we'll see Tuttle. Uh, I do not think we will see Michael Penix this Saturday. No inside information there. Um, That's 100% guess that it's going to be Ramsey and Tuttle, Uh, and I'll go with Indiana winning this game 35 to uh, what I have, 35 to 14, Indiana wins. And uh, I think that they do get that running game going. So I think that's going to be the primary focus and hopefully the outcome. Are you happy with the 35-14 win? Depends. Depends on the way it's played. Like we said, if uh, if that's with Peyton Ramsey playing at quarterback and with Indiana working really hard to establish the running game, and getting it cranked up to where it's a highly efficient and productive day on the ground, uh, and I use in control the whole way, yeah, I'd be happy with it. 
if it's like a 35-14 right. that Indiana, Indiana, you know, has to pull away because it's competitive midway through the third quarter, uh, no, that would feel significantly less good. Yeah, that, I mean, that's exactly – exactly what I was thinking. I'm going to take it's a sleepy noon game. I expect a tie a, a, right. a uh it's a, a bring your own juice kind of game too. Uh, I expect probably a crowd at 20,000 or so. Um especially after the clunker last week. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, I think Indiana's going to handle business. Uh, they usually bounce back pretty well after one of these games after a clunker. I'm going to say Indiana 42, UConn 10. Uh, I just don't – UConn's approved. I just don't think they're – I don't think they're they're good. I mean, they've improved from absolutely horrible to maybe just horrible. Uh, so we'll see. But 42-10, I'd like to see, as we said, the offensive line to, to get their uh, footing underneath them. I'd like to see the defense play with an edge. Um to them, and if they win fifty-six nothing, and there's they're missing that edge, I probably a little bit uncomfortable too. Uh, but that's the way it's going to be. I think it's a comfortable win this weekend. It's a game, um, you know, that IU fans will probably complain about. Why are we playing UConn? We don't improve against UConn. Uh, well, you played the big boy last week, and he didn't really do real well. Uh, so it's time to to. Uh, throttle it down a little bit, get get a win, hopefully get healthy uh, and things like that. Uh, but use this as a springboard into into Big Ten play and uh, into Michigan State. Final thoughts, TJ? Well, I'm looking forward to seeing how Indiana responds. I think it's a game that uh, you know has plenty of intrigue to see how IU comes out and performs. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully it'll be a Nice day weather-wise. Seems like it might be kind of hot. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Indiana comes ready to play and uh, puts on a show. Yeah, that's another thing. They got to be ready to play as well. Uh, otherwise, you, you're you're if you take it for granted, you're going to end up taking a loss. But oh yeah, yeah. Final thoughts on my final thoughts on this game is, you know, it's time. It's an attitude game, as you put it, TJ, uh, so perfectly. It's just go in, take care of business, and uh, we'll see where it lands. Uh, hopefully it's a win. I expect them to win. I don't expect a a large crowd. I think the bandwagon fans that have, you know, that stick around until the start of basketball season, I think that's uh, pretty much – you know they're they're in basketball mode now after last week, so you know what? It's time to tighten it up a little bit, and uh, you know it's it have that me and the boys type of attitude. It's it's us against the world, and IU typically plays a little bit better and with a little bit more of an edge, uh, edge that way. So you know we'll we'll see what they do. So again. The game is at noon. It's uh, BTN broadcast at Memorial Stadium. BTN tailgate will be in Bloomington this week, so head on down early. It's kind of BTN's uh, version of college game day. Uh, Jerry DiNardo, Howard Griffin, and Dave Redson will be down there. It's a fun time. It's always fun 
um, having a pregame show on campus. So I think I use marketing as breakfast with, with BTN. So head on down there. It, it should be, I don't want to call it a casual Saturday, um, but it's, it's another college football Saturday in Bloomington as we kick off the second quarter of the IU football season and, and try to get, and they try to get their, their third win. TJ, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. We'll be back next week, hopefully with a victorious recap and then preview the old brass platoon game. Absolutely. Have a good week, everybody. All right. That does it for our podcast tonight. Thank you for tuning in. You can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. Visit www.hoosierhuddle.com for all your Indiana football news. Uh, I'm Sammy Jacobs. That was TJ Inman. We hope you tune in next week as well. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented... They'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.